you will be pleased that uh, the Pan-African Parliament is debating these issues, issues of peace and, uh, and, and stability, because uh, back in Nigeria, this is what you're grappling with. For instance, uh, uh, the issue of uh, Boko Haram to the northeast of, uh, of the country, that's, that's where they, they're troubling you. Um, that's right. Uh, issue of um, peace and um, security uh, around the world, uh, particularly in Africa here. For us in Nigeria, um, the Boko Haram issue has become an international um, issue. and It's um, a ravaging group of uh, bandits. Um, it's no more a Nigerian issue. They've um, crossed borders. They're in Niger Republic, they're in Chad, they're in Cameroon. Um, this um, group of bandits um, recently have um, found their match in our armies of these four nations. And um, you would agree with me that um, recently they've not been making the headlines as uh, they've um, craved for. Mm. But... Uh why has Nigeria, because that's where they've been concentrated for the longest time, and uh, and we know the issues, but why has Nigeria been unable to, to deal with this, uh, with this group, uh, you know, a group of bandits, as you call them, uh, until now, until they started kidnapping, which has been uh, their modus operandi, by the way, but, uh, you know, in large scales now, uh, you know, kidnapping 200 girls, killing people 40 a day, 50 a day, and so on and so on. Why has it been difficult for your government to deal with this group? Um, thank you very much. Uh, that's a very valid uh, question. This kind of um, fight, this kind of war has never been seen before in the world. This is a new kind of war. It came about, it came to the fore um, as recent as the um, 2011 attacks, in the 9-11 attacks in, in New York. That's the birth of uh, this kind of asymmetric war. It's a war that, is, um, that has no rules, no known convention. And for us, it came to us when we least expected it. Um, when it came, neighboring countries and members of the international community thought it was only a Nigerian thing until they started hearing, and indeed the bandits were attacking humanity, um, mm. um, abducting and raping school-age girls, killing um, men, young boys and men at will, and it became clear that this is not a war that is um, restricted to a boundary. This is a war against man, against humanity, Mm. and um, in no time we began to get um, cooperation. At any time in fighting crime, any kind of crime, genocide, anything, it's, it's needed, it's necessary to have cooperation, sharing of intelligence, 
and all of that. And we only just started getting in, and that's why we're getting on top of the situation. And uh, and uh, really, what, what is the approach of uh, uh, the new president, uh, uh, Muhammadu Buhari's approach in dealing with uh, this particular issue? But importantly, other internal issues in uh, Nigeria, issues of corruption, very well documented, very well known, the uh, distribution of wealth, the oil, uh, you know, that has caused so much pain for the country, but uh, also equally joy because it brings in the foreign direct investment. So how is uh, the President Buhari going to deal with these issues? <laughs> I see you're in a rush to call him a president. Uh, yes, Muhammad uh, Buhari is our president-elect. Um, God willing, in in the next nine days, he shall assume the mantle of leadership. And yes, rightly then, we shall address him <laughs> As the president. President-elect, that, that's what yes, I meant. Okay. He, he's the president-elect, and he minces no words about how to go about this menace, um, the twin menace of um, corruption and um, insurgency against our homeland. Um, certainly, corruption has enabled the the bandits to... to, to come to the fore as much as they've done because the corruption had to eat into our army and the resources of our army, both hardware and software, as it were, were were taken away as a result of corruption, um, nepotism. Um, army was not um, army of yesteryears that the whole world, particularly Africa, acknowledged the army that... Um, kept peace in many African nations. The army that went into Liberia and, and set Liberia stable, the army that went into Sierra Leone, the army that was in Congo, this is the Nigerian army known to everyone. What happened over the years beats our imagination. So what the president-elect has set out to do, because he has done it before when he was in the army, when he was a general officer commanding the war front, He's, he's come face to face with bandits like this before. A sheer resolve of no nonsense, of not compromising, of not, of not being, being under the, on dealing under the table, made sure that he, he got results. The outgoing government, um, sadly, um, the same cannot be said for the outgoing army. Initially, when the Boko Haram issue came, it was dismissed by the government. Even the adoption of the girls, the Boko Haram Chibok girls, were dismissed by the president of the country, Jonathan. He took it to be politics. Indeed, it wasn't politics. It was real. Over 200 girls were abducted, and they sat back and did nothing until the international community began to raise questions on the Chiba girls, and that's when action started. All Back right. to the president-elect, he's made it clear, and um, I guess if you're a Nigerian, you will know that um, the fear and the taking of a Buhari for, for what he says is the beginning of wisdom. So everybody is sitting up because he's known to mean what he says. And, and uh, do you get a sense that uh, President-elect Buhari will reshuffle, you know, the leadership of the military there to perhaps bring in, you know, fresh strategy, fresh ideas? Without um, 
trying to preempt what the president-elect will do. I guess it it takes no it takes no rocket science to to guess that certainly mm. you would have to have a have a, a shuffling. What kind of shuffling? Whether that will affect the heads of this uh, military units, the military armed services, I, I can't tell. But certainly, you would expect him to move around personnel, mm. since um, results are not have not been uh, satisfactory. So, for him to get satisfactory results, for the country to feel satisfied, satisfied, for the international community to know that something is really being done, certainly you would expect him to bring in personnel he believes in can carry out his mission. All right, let's let's move on to another issue now because we've I think we've exhausted the security issues because even though it can't be done in just five minutes, but for the purposes of this show, your views on on the relationship between you know Nigeria and many other neighboring countries, but in particular Nigeria and South Africa, where where do you put that kind of a relationship? You know, the relationship between Nigeria and, uh, and her neighbors uh, is that of a, um, a brotherly one um, and good neighbor. We don't have um, issues with um, our neighbors in, in the West African sub-region. Indeed, with our neighbors bordering on the Central African region, Cameroon, um, we... We enjoy a good relationship, but um, the Boko Haram issue taxed that relationship. Happily, um, it was a misunderstanding. Maybe the leadership were not getting along the way they should. And recently, um, we can only report with joy that um, there's been a lot of cooperation which has resulted in um, what you hear about our army overpowering the Boko Haram uh, bandits now. As to the relationship between Nigeria and um, South Africa, where it is now, it can be a lot better. Nigeria, South Africa has a deep historical relationship. We, as a nation, Nigeria, have been there when no one else wanted to be there for the South African people. We have stood by the South African people in our darkest time in her time of need. We are still there. Nigeria and South Africa are the two biggest economies in Africa. Two of the 20 biggest economies emerging in the world today. So you can see that the cooperation and the engagement of those two nations can only but be of greater benefit to the people of Africa. All right. But the xenophobic attack... The xenophobia in South Africa cannot go on as it is. It has happened one time too many. A few years ago, it erupted. It was quelled. Recently, it's come up. As of this morning, my mission in South Africa, in Johannesburg, was briefing me that even though the xenophobia on the street has been quelled, there is still element of xenophobia going on in South Africa. There is a, an operation called Operation Fielo.
being carried out by the South African police and South African military. It is in our considered opinion a form of xenophobia. Homes of other Africans are broken into in the dead of the night. But uh, do you get, uh, Mr. Abatemi Usman, do you get a uh, briefing also that uh, Operation Fiala also goes to, to the hostels, for instance, where there aren't too many uh, foreign nationals, if at all any, where uh, the police and the army would look for the weapons, will, will, will also try to deal with those who are perpetrating this. Does your, uh, you know, do you get that kind of uh, briefing also? Well, clearly, um, even in the news media, we, without even uh, waiting for that briefing from my mission, even in the news media, we see that. What I'm simply saying here is the South African government is not doing enough. It is not enough for us. We need to have our people, African nations need to have our nationals in your country and feel that... They are legally here. Those of them who are not legally here, we have no issues with them being through the process and procedure legally defined, being being, um, sent back.